back in the early to mid-70s, uh, I had one of the world's greatest jobs working for the Department of Interior and floating wild rivers all over Alaska and putting together, helping pro make proposals for new national parks and refuges in wild and scenic rivers uh, in Alaska. And uh, then in 1977, I got the opportunity to uh, become a legislative aide for uh, then Alaska U.S. Senator Mike Gravel uh, working on the Alaska lands legislation, or as it was called then, the D2 bill, uh, the same bill that I had helped uh, work on for the administration to put the legislation together. Uh, when I uh, arrived in Washington, D.C. in the spring of 1977, I was the guy literally off the proverbial turnip truck. I uh, had never been to Washington, D.C. before, never been to the East Coast before, and uh, I soon learned that uh, Senator Gravel uh, was known as a maverick to his more generous colleagues and to others as a bit of a pariah. Um, that kind of extended to the staff, too. The other uh, uh, senator staff kind of kept us Gravel staffers at arm's length. And even uh, the other uh, senator from Alaska, Senator Ted Stevens, um, uh, had an unwritten but very clear policy against fraternization with the uh, Gravel ruffian staff. Uh, so us Gravel staffers were pretty much our own best and only friends on Capitol Hill. <laughs> In the ensuing three and a half years that the Alaska Lands Legislation uh, was uh, going through committees, hearings, countless markup sessions, floor sessions, uh, lobbying, it was a fascinating uh, uh, place to be and to watch. And unfortunately, a lot of my vantage point was from the back of uh, hearing rooms because uh, Senator Gravel wasn't on the committees of, of primary jurisdiction for the consideration of the bill. But there was one time when I uh, did participate in something quite unusual and, and quite exciting for me. Uh, towards the end of the session in 1978, there was a uh, gathering of the bill sponsors, the prime uh, chairman of the committees, and the Alaska delegation and some of the staff people in a uh, closed door, not so secret meeting somewhere in the bowels of the Capitol building and uh, trying to arrive at some kind of compromise for a bill that could pass the uh, House and Senate floors. Um, about uh, Senator Gravel uh, soon made his list of demands and uh, several of us staffers uh, retired to another room and worked all night trying to develop legislative language to satisfy some of his concerns. The next uh, day, we kind of bleary-eyed walked back into the session uh, with some fairly half-baked ideas about how we could address some of these fairly uh, nebulous uh, concerns and grievances. Uh, but it was clear that Senator Gravel was not really in the mood for compromise, and the negotiating session fell apart quickly. Then after the next night of largely no sleep, the bill went up onto the Senate floor and uh, Senator Gravel began a filibuster of the bill, and uh, it was uh, clear that in those uh, closing days and hours of the that legislative session that the bill died. And uh, as, as the bill was being pulled from the floor, I uh, thought uh, there's gonna be a whole lot of people mad at uh, us Alaskans, and in particular, my boss, Senator Gravel, for killing the environmental bill of the century. And I walked out of the building, and sat down underneath one of those big trees on the Capitol lawn and just was almost in tears from exhaustion and disappointment. And uh, 
uh, just kind of sat there wondering what was going to happen next. And later that year, uh, President Carter and then Secretary of Andrus made uh, 100 million acres worth of withdrawals under the Antiquities Act in creating national monuments to preserve the uh, federal land withdrawals in Alaska in the hopes that the Congress would again take up the bill the next uh, session. And indeed they did. The bill sponsors were back, the committee chairs, the Alaska delegation, and what we called by then the D2 industry of uh, environmental groups from Alaska, from uh, national environmental groups, resource development groups, uh, committee staff, uh, uh, Carter administration operatives, K Street lobbyists, and a host of the native interests and a host of other people uh, who were packing committee rooms and hearings again and markup sessions all over again. Um, and the House uh, acted very fast, passed a bill, and then it sat in the Senate until August of 1980. Um, and uh, uh, Bill came to the Senate floor and uh, I was accompanying uh, Senator Gravel on the floor in one of my very rare appearances on the Senate floor, and uh, he again uh, started a filibuster. And this time, though, uh, they did invoke cloture, which is cuts off debate, and the bill passed in front of my eyes. And uh, I, because I realized by then there was more political posturing going on than real substantial harm to the state of Alaska, and certainly not to the nation. I was greatly relieved and uh, very happy at that time. And then later that year, President Carter signed into law the Alaska National Interest Lands Conservation Act of 1980, which uh, set aside about 100 million acres of new parks and refuges and wilderness areas in, in Alaska. But this story really isn't about uh, the trials and tribulations of the Alaska Lands Bill. This is about T-shirts. So <laughs> somewhere along the line, towards the end of this legislative uh, Odyssey, I decided that what we really needed was a commemorative T-shirt honoring the, the, the long slog of legislation and the D2 industry that followed this all through the years and the various uh, wrinkles of the legislation. So I uh, developed a, kind of a yin and yang T-shirt that juxtaposed a caribou and an oil drilling derrick and kind of a in symbolic uh, way of the kind of resource issue debate that had been going on in the legislation. And I learned a little bit about silk screening and uh, where you buy bulk t-shirts and uh, ordered a couple of hundred t-shirts. When those arrived, in those few days, the Gravel office was visited by more people of the D2 industry than had ever set foot in the office in three and a half years. And it was clear I was going to, there was oilies and greenies and administration people and committee staff and uh, native corporation folks and all kinds of people who had followed the legislation plunking down money for a t-shirt. It was clear I was going to sell out fast, so I reordered and sold out the next order also. And it really gives uh, great joy uh, for doing something uh, that... Uh, uh, in, even in a small way, in a short period of time, that can in some way unite uh, fellow travelers of uh, much different mind on a very common, arduous journey. And uh, there's probably some of these T-shirts left in dusty attics and, and uh, closets somewhere, but I have one of the <laughs> re remaining shirts here. Official, official member of the D2, Alaska D2 industry. And uh, 
I'm, I'm not taking orders anymore. But I do have about a couple of hundred of Pat Porchauffeur Statehouse t-shirts that I can let you have at a real good special.